And we are live with our 108th episode of Absolute AppSec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host Seth Law at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Uh, once again, I, uh, we we debated whether or not Sean could, should give the introduction today after the, the great introduction he gave at AppSec <laughs> USA or AppSec DC, whatever it was, right? You know. Um, we're super happy to have Sean back on today. I, I know I, I don't I don't even know if we really have any announcements or anything going on. Um, uh, we were talking before the podcast. I know we're getting started a little late this morning um, or this afternoon, whatever you happen to be. Um, but you know, we're talking about the fact that we've all been quarantined for six months, or we've you know the state of everything. So I don't, I don't think we have to go into a lot of that. Everybody understands what's what's going on in their own situations, uh, but at the same time, it's you know, stay strong. We're, we're just happy to see someone else's face, Sean, I guess is, is what it boils down to, right? You know, rather than, you know, just the same. We're just so lonely. Time. We're so lonely. <laughs> man. Even this mug. Yeah. <laughs> especially this mug, Sean. Oh, thanks, man. Especially, thanks. especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, from an announcement perspective, I, you know, there's, there's not a lot. We've been having discussions about uh, the, Midwinter's Nightcon or whatever we're going to call it. Um, that'll be December sometime. So watch out for that. Uh, again, very similar to Midsummer Nights. Um, but yeah, in the middle of the winter instead. Uh, let's see. I don't think there's much else. Oh, we do have the um, next level bug hunting code edition will be at Black Hat. I, well, it's associated with Black Hat Europe, uh, but it's going to be virtual, right? Uh, so Ken and I will be conducting that course again. Watch out for, if you're interested, just watch our Twitter feeds or watch the Black Hat Events Twitter feeds for uh, the ability to register. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything else. Ken, am I missing something? No, I mean, I got hit up over the weekend again by uh, somebody asking us if we're going to, another person who was curious if we're doing the virtual online um, training. And I know we're talking about figuring out a way to like a self-paced way to do that. So we are still, for those who are curious, uh, yeah, we're still looking into that, like what it would involve, like how, how involved it'd be, what it, what it would take and, and all that. Um, we've done it before, but, um, this is, you know, it's, it's quite an undertaking. So we'll keep you updated as we figure that out. And yeah, I don't really have anything else, um, to add Seth. I think we're ready to just, I'm, I want to get, I'm excited to hear more about this virtual live series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am too. But but one thing, uh, TLDR sec, right? Clint Gibbler, right? And it had nothing to do with security. If you haven't looked up Bardcore before, just on YouTube, you should go look up Bardcore. It was part of his his, his uh, newsletter. And yeah, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say about it. But it should be a discovery on your list this week if you haven't if you haven't done that already. That newsletter is uh, an amazing piece of work. It is. I, I mean, that. Clint puts in a lot of time to, to curate that list, but it's really, really interesting. And it does go, I, I mean, it's not just application security related. He goes into cloud security and other security topics. I mean, he does kind of keep it in the security space, but Bardcore is not, right? That was just another discovery and it was awesome. So, anyway. <laughs> Hey, how are you guys finding the whole virtual conference, virtual training 
life now? Like, have you guys been able to dial in and, 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 and figure out how to make it sort of, you know, engaging and exciting? Like for me, when I'm doing, when I'm doing prezos, a lot of times I'm feeding off an audience and just, yeah. you know, having my screen again, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, where to, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, how are you guys uh, getting yourself amped up for, for doing that? More caffeine. I no. I, um, Speaking of, wait, wait, this, well, this I, I run off pure problem. fear and anxiety, so I don't yeah. know about Seth. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what fuels my soul. <laughs> so, so, so it's basically just depression, and you know, yeah, yeah. basically just being afraid. And that adrenaline, that's yeah. And, yeah, yeah, like you know, and then you do well because you're so afraid to to fail and really, it'd yeah. be bad at it. So. <laughs> Oh, we've had this discussion a couple of times, especially around virtual conferences, right? Because I, I mean, I, I was still helping with uh, the with DefCon and Hacker Tracker app this year, um, and trying to track like all the events that were going, and it's all online, Discord and YouTube. And the fill is just so different, right? Yeah. And I like I had a really hard time getting involved in much of anything, right? Mm. Outside of just kind of the daily. You know, I would chat with people that I just hadn't chatted with for a while, but it was all over Discord. Again, it was just like another Slack channel or whatever else. Um, and I, there's still some really good talks that happened uh, and some really interesting research. But the whole social aspect, I, I, like I said, you know, low-key depressed, right? Like, I, I miss that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. As, as far as being a trainer, like, we try to – yeah. I mean, I mean, how are you guys doing that? You like your team over there at Verizon Media has always been remote, so you've always had that aspect. But now that everybody is isolated, rather than just singly remote, are you seeing a? I mean, is it affecting the overall morale of the team? Do you feel like it's you know, it it's getting worse? It's getting better? Are they managing well? So if my team is watching now, they're so overworked they don't have time to think about it. I'm sorry about that. Sweet. No, it's um, you know it. it it's very individualistic. And so what I mean by that is, you know, someone who, if you, if you were a consultant, you, you know, your whole life going from place to place to place to place, and then you showed up here at Verizon Media, and then boom, you no longer had to work uh, in the office, you were working from home, shoot, you were used to being mobile, you weren't connected to a team. If you're somebody who's been a part of a team that's been getting together, you know, in fact, today's uh, today Tuesday. Yeah, today. Gosh, I can't remember what day it is. Right, that's another problem with COVID land. But you know, we have this um, uh, in the on the Dulles campus. We have like a Team Tuesdays for the team, and so we would go and just have lunch over Team Tuesdays. Um, can't we're not really doing that? I sort of offered to do that virtually, and then you know, people are like, "Nah, you know, I could, but now I'm so busy and have so many more meetings. I don't know if I want another, you know, like hang out for lunch." And so, so there's a little bit of a little bit of that. Like you know, those people. We, we no longer we're not getting that sort of day-to-day -day just chat versus yeah. it's just all it's just kind of all about business in and out um then you have other folks like new folks to the team who joined literally during COVID, and some of them are just you know yeah i i really miss not being able to be on what i thought was going to be my on-campus experience and going to you know earls or you know whatever you know with the cafeteria and that kind of thing and, and spending time with folks um others are like hey cool this totally supports my my life i'm dealing with my family it's great that i can work from home um others are really struggling with how do i work and deal with the distractions of home during the day yeah. um others have dialed it in I, ha I have i have one person i honestly don't know how i don't know how she fits it in all day and i'm hoping just one day she doesn't 
keel over and crack, but, you know, uh, balancing, you know, family and industry and the job and everything. And so it, it feels like everybody's more has their own individual journey right now and their own different struggles to bear, even though we've got the commonality of COVID and what this means, everybody's journey is just so different. It's kind of fascinating. Like with you asking me that question just now, I hadn't realized how it was, how non-uniform it was. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely seeing the same thing, right? Just everybody. I mean, it, it, it's, it's brought that into a, yeah, it's basically just brought it into stark relief. The fact that everyone's situation is different. Right. And so as I mean, someone's stepping into like help people do assessments or whatever else, right. The, the way that those team inter- teams interact is I've had to be a lot more conscious about everyone's not necessarily going to be available in the same way. Right. Right. Um, so there, there may be the couple of guys that, you know, I don't know, they're single still or whatever, and they're just online all the time. And I'm literally saying all the time, right? Like they just never disconnect. And I know we've all kind of been there like in, throughout our careers, but then, then there's the ones that, you know, it hits five o'clock where they're at and they're gone, right? And you're just not going to get a response until they come back online. And, and and so people have their own coping mechanisms for that, I guess is what it boils down to. Um, and it, and I'm, I'm finding personally that my coping mes- mechanisms like they change from week to week, right? Like there's, there's some weeks that I wake up and I'm like, man, I just, I'm failing at everything, right? That's what it feels like. Um, and then other weeks it's like, oh, sweet, this is awesome. This is like, and it's the same thing, right? Because it's Groundhog Day over and over, right? But yeah, you know, and, and when you look at it, you can look at it like sort of professionally and personally on the professional side as security practitioners, we're engaging with a lot of people across the organization, typically, especially in this space, right? In AppSec, ProdSec versus, you know, say, you know, soccer, that kind of thing. And so, you know, how do you, not only do you have to deal with how's the team dealing with how you deliver product security, but then you say, how do I deliver that and partner with my dev teams in this new environment? And by the way, every dev team already had their own climate and way of working. And some, I see the same thing. Some are thriving where they've got, um, you know, different online games that they're doing. They're coming together and doing happy hours, themed happy hours. They got pictures, they have costumes. I mean, going going at it. Awesome to connect with those teams. Other teams who are going through the same struggles you are. So now it's compounded, right? So now you got two teams that are still trying to find their way and struggle. And you know, so I, I think and it and I think it forces us as security practitioners to be even more, um, I think, sort of sympathetic than we have been in the past, right? So. Yeah. Hey, you know, we 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 want to help you build um, secure product. We want to partner with you. Um, yeah, let's understand your business cycles. Let's understand your pressures. Now it's you as an individual have major pressures on top of the business cycles and the business pressures. And you know, how do we how do we talk security in that kind of heightened um, heightened state of stress? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's significant. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, we've got like a real nihilistic, you know, theme to the episodes going. Um, (laughs) Oh, and I was reading just to add to that. Last night, I just saw there was this huge bird die-off. Did you see this? It's like more than a hundred thousand migratory birds dead, dropping from the air. Dang. You know, so it's very, uh, very sort of apocalyptic. So there. How's that for absolute? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we were talking about it before we got started, but when you're a parent, you have to dial back what you show as your your reaction to this whole, to all of these situations. You have to kind of dial that back in in front of your. It's I mean it's somewhat the same as a as a leader, right? Like in general, you know whether it's whether and I'm not comparing your the people that work for you as like children. I'm not making that comparison. I am saying that if you're in a leadership position, you do you like usually have to dial back your response to it and focus more on the people that you're leading. And like, that could be in whatever capacity. And like, I, yeah, I found that to be the extra added thing that is uh, helpful and hurtful. It's, it's an extra stress, but it's also kind of good sometimes because like then, you know, uh, it's more self-directed pressure to not like have an immediate reaction, you know, to, yeah. to be a little bit more calm. So uh, yeah, that's just no. an added element to it. If you're, especially if you're a parent or a leader, which I think uh, you two are both. So, you know, I'm not. I'm just a parent. <laughs> parent. I, uh, I don't know about the rest of that. But and an yeah. IC. <laughs> so, as <laughs> an IC, no worries. No worries about leadership. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as a people leader, the one of the things I miss is being able to sort of look out on the faces of the team, um, and and sort of assess where people are and then know yeah. I need to spend some more time. Now it's harder. I might go, I might go multiple days, you know, stand up happens super quickly. Boom, boom, boom. We're in, we're out, but it might be multiple days before I can even really get a read, a true read on somebody like, Hey, how are you doing? And then you, you want to spend that time. Um, but that's, that's more work that we have to do now through COVID to just manage the workday. And it's crucial. It's, it's, I mean, it's all about, it's all about your people, but how are they doing? I can't, I can't find that. I can't fly out to Sunnyvale every couple of weeks and, or every couple of months and check in and, you know, see how the team is doing in person and be in Dulles and that kind of thing. And so um, that's been a whole, a whole different flavor. Um, yeah, it's yeah, and it's, I, I, and I feel like it's difficult to get that read over a Zoom call or over, you know, uh, virtually at times because we, I, I mean, everybody puts on a face for the camera, right? Like we all do, and so it's difficult to really get someone to talk about, you know, what's going on, like like what you could do with a drive, like just walking by their desk and you see this general demeanor and you're like, hey man, everything okay? You want to go grab a drink or coffee? You know what I mean? That's that's the kind of thing. Again, that's the kind of thing that, like, I've been an independent consultant for years and years and worked remote, but. Like I still like I still miss that sort of thing because that was the whole hey I go on site I get to meet people there's this kind of new aspect to it and you really get to know someone right. but in the situation we're in now it's yeah we like have a Slack channel and like we do a couple Zoom calls but man I you know I can't I can't remember what I did last week right much much less six months ago when we were working on your project so yeah yeah it's difficult but. yeah we <laughs> did this just we... having that conversation sorry go ahead and then no, go ahead. No, 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 I was just having that conversation a few days ago with like about like how uh, every time I do an assessment, I immediately dump everything. That's why notes are so important is that I just immediately dump everything that I knew about that. Like I, because yeah. you just have to, if you look at enough things, you just, you can't, I mean, well, I'm sure there are some people that are like supernaturally gifted at that, but I'm not one of them. Like I, I dump it and then I move on and I forget. So notes are so important for that reason. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with the, the TLDR, you know, I'd get so many, so many things coming in and, you know, when you get the multi-pager from multiple people all day, like I just, I need like the, give me the, give me the quick hitter and we'll, we'll come back to it. 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I, I how many reckon... times on a Zoom call do you do that, right? Like, do you pull up that that email because they're like, "Hey, what about what? What are your thoughts on this? I emailed you like three days ago about it, and you're like." <laughs> Um, well, well, that's an interesting question because you're like scrambling to pop the email up because you have no idea. I, I'm with both of you. Sorry. That's a no, that's a tip I give people for email writing is uh, I realized it back uh, in the living social days, like nine years ago, is that if you want executives to uh, people that are in charge of a lot of things to pay attention, you just give a little TLDR blurb at the very top like a very high level summary. And then you give the, the option of like, you have a lower part that has all the details, you know, and you make it very clear, this is the detailed section. But if you do that, it's like, I found that everybody responded like really well to that. It's just because it's like, okay, I have a high level. I know I can, I get the gist. If I want all the details, I can come back to the email and read all the details. But like, I know that given just that gist, I can prioritize it differently and move on. Cause you know, if you've got a thousand emails a day, like most executives do, you, you kind of have to do that. So you have to filter a lot of stuff. So if you want to get traction, that's that was the recommendation I would give. That's a good yeah. tip. That's a good tip. Can I just say, by the way, real quick, I was pulling up this article about this high, the paranoid bug bounty world championship. And my goodness, are those, rings very sweet the little <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna put the link in here people have to see these rings these are super sweet it's like a super bowl championship ring type this deal is, this is pretty awesome got to give a shout out to um to the team we got chris holt mark litchfield max staples and uh bonnie Viteri working with us and and you know the 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 rings were something we did at the tail end of 2018 actually um we did a a, a team-based live hacking event. And so and at that point, what we wanted to do was we wanted to test out the concept of, could we get um, bounty hunters to collaborate together and pop more valuable bugs? You know, um, one has one skill and they say, hey, let me hand this off to you now. I can't really figure out what to do with it. And then that person can grab it and use their techniques. And then let's, uh, let's celebrate those winners and, and uh, congratulate them as a team. And give them these uh, these pretty awesome rings. And so kudos to you know Chris Holt had this idea early on, and uh, he ran with it, did the you know the design and everything. And they've been a pretty coveted piece of paranoid swag. So we're we're looking forward to doing that again for the Bug Bounty World Championship this year. And hopefully we have a we have a great experience going through that. I mean this is a, this is this is big. I mean Ken, you've done you've done these you know these kinds of events. You know what live hacking is all about. So to to do this one where you know we take advantage of of the virtual environment now and the ability to, you know, open this up and not have folks traveling to a singular place and be sort of constrained by either geography or in, you know, our past event, uh, there was some account set up, but just to open it up, it's pretty fun. And then somebody will get a pretty sweet ring and be able to hoist the belt and say, I am the world champion on Verizon Media. <laughs> Is there gonna be a belt? <laughs> Is there actually gonna be a belt? There, there are belts. There are, there are other awards. There's good stuff. Yeah. There's um, if you if you take a look at past events, there's like the the MVH most valuable hacker, and it's like a you know wrestling federation style belt. You hold it up uh, over your head, and it's a it's a it's a prized prized piece of hardware. Has the uh, is have like the is the scope is is there any difference for like what's changed in terms of scoping or is it is it the major change just being that like everybody can can participate, not just a limited amount of folks, or is it that, you know, also there's there's a difference in scope? Um, yeah, so let me so, so let me so let me take a step back, right? So this so this um, this year 
we were at, we did a first live hacking event associated with, uh, you know, RSA and sort of pre RSA and B sides out in San Francisco. And so this was a live event in February. Um, we had, we had a really great time out there. Who knew it was going to be, you know, we was COVID was starting to, you know, yeah, it had a sense. In fact, I, I, I jetted from, from RSS, like I don't want to be around fifty thousand of my closest COVID yeah. spreaders, but um, but you know, so I had a sense it was coming, but we were still there, uh, still going out to you know group meals, that kind of thing. You know, the big thing then was what was it? There was like the elbow t- elbow tap and the, the like the toe the toe the foot the foot shake or whatever it was. You know, like yeah. oh that's that's how we'll be safe, and otherwise we're okay, <laughs> right? So um, anyway, so we were at that event and we were looking at the next event, which we we're hoping to align with Black Hat Asia, and we literally stepped outside on the curb outside of the event uh, a handful of folks from the paranoids and said we can't we can't ask our hackers to travel this is before we knew if the, you know the travel restrictions were coming and that kind of thing we just said it does not feel right to make people get on a plane and travel somewhere to do live hacking what do we do so we started thinking about it and said let's go i think there's traction for the virtual live hacking you know opportunity let's let's take a stab at this and then we said okay and we got to make this happen and i think the event was wrapping up end of february mid to end of february and then we're supposed to be in singapore in early april so we had to pivot to a virtual live hacking event within that six seven week time frame and uh you know we put on um content along with uh ben sedigapur you know nahamsek and um you know made it like more of a community situation there was some hacker pictionary and some other things along with the typical hacking event and when we when we announced we were doing a virtual live hacking event back then there were some people who responded and said hey it's it's virtual why why isn't this open to everybody why is this still the subset of people who you know get invited to live hacking events and we said hey listen we heard you so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to offer up we didn't call them golden tickets at the time but we we started internally talking about them that way and now we talk about them that way and say after the event the first three people who submit you know three good bugs you will automatically get an entry entree into the next event it doesn't make a difference if you've been hacking for 10 years or this is your first round and you nailed it cool you're in done so then we, we thought about that and opening it up and then when we thought about one more live hacking event for the year we said what what if we can open it up to everybody and then this is um also you know around the time everything was happening in you know society around george floyd and we were just looking at you know everybody has sort of looked internally now and said how are we dealing with diversity and inclusion how are we being you know um, appreciating the, the the social diversity that we have now in cybersecurity in particular. So we said, could we make this an entree for a, a truly diverse and inclusion event? Anybody can join. There is no prerequisite. And in fact, could we set up some community uh, events so that you could attend and you can learn a little bit more about hacking, get yourself an account, and maybe earn some bounties on any program and start to bootstrap yourself in, into into a different financial situation, get a career. And so this last community event we did was an intro to hacking. We talked about not just hacking, but when they had some success stories in the in the industry with the paranoids and they could talk about their path into cybersecurity. So how can we pivot from, you know, this live hacking event into the what's happening right now with, you know, Seth, you were talking about um, would you call it light? What kind of depression? <laughs> Would you say it was it's like low key, low key, yeah, yeah. Key, low key, low that's key. Low key. So, you know, you got low it's key depression. Depressed, right? yeah. It's a diet depression. 
diet permission. <laughs> looking, looking good, by the way, both of you guys. Um, so, you know, so we said how, you know, with, with COVID, you know, with, with COVID and everything, can we, can we bring something to the industry that's, you know, shows off the, the, the Paranoids brand and, and making this something that people can have to look forward to, make it, uh, you know, something that is truly inclusive and bring hacking to everybody, maybe up level, you know, the, the, the sort of industry around it. I don't know. We're going a little bit lofty here. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you know, you're going to unleash people maybe who haven't hacked before, don't know, don't yeah. know what they're doing. Others who have been doing it, but have never been able to tip their, you know, dip their toes into the bug bounty waters. Now they're going to try it. And of course, all the tried and true and it, and it challenges the tried and true who have been doing it. Hey, the, you know, we're opening up to a lot more people. Can you make your way through the first round? So the first round is structured as open. It's sort of getting back to Ken's original question. So it's open, open to the world. We'll be in, uh, announcing scope uh, in about a week. So uh, we'll do... We'll do that as part of the event. And then coming out of that event, we're going to look at the top 50 hackers plus the golden ticket winners we were talking about. And they're going to work their way into a second event. And that's going to have a little bit more of a feel of the typical events, although virtual still. So, you know, but we're going to be, uh, you know, exposing some elements of live hacking. And that was another thing. Let's, let's, let's really show everybody what that's all about. And then those final 50, 56 or so are going to move into the round of 25. That's the finals. And those 25 duke it out for, uh, you know, for supremacy in the uh, bug bounty world championship. Uh, in terms of scope, in terms of scope, I mean, uh, sorry, Seth, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we got, the, the tricky thing is I, I can't talk about it too much because, you know, we want to surprise along the way. But, um, you know, Verizon Media has a lot of different brands. And so we have a lot of places where we can we can um, tuck into for uh, pulling scope into an event. So, you know, definitely um, there there's going to be there's going to be some some interesting, interesting stuff along the way. Um, in particular, there's one phase I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, but I won't be able to talk about that until afterwards. <laughs> Well, yeah, it sounds like we're going to need a follow-up for sure, right? No, I was just going to say it, it. This feels very much like a natural evolution to me from like all of the like virtual CTF events that seem to be run, right? Like we've we've had the bug bounties for a while, but um, it's like the bug bounty researchers have always been really separated from, or it feels like they've always been very separated from kind of the professional. <laughs> Like, you know, application security or product security people, right? And the product and application security people will go to conferences and they'll do a CTF, which, you know, hey, it's super fun. It's like solving the puzzles that somebody else put together, but it doesn't have the same level of real world consequence, right? Like that the bug bounty guys and the bug bounty researchers are dealing with on a daily basis, right? They come in and they're finding an actual bug that, you know, they're leveling up the security of that team. Um, and I don't know if that's just because the product knapsack people that are embedded in an organization or helping an organization are already doing that on a daily basis that they don't want to do it in their spare time either. I, you know, I'm not sure, but this kind of feels like a congruence of that, right? Where, Hey, we're taking this idea of a CTF for a limited time event. We're compressing it. We're going to give out awards based on that and, you know, invite everyone in so that the people that are in those different spaces can jump in. I mean, was that, that, that kind of the thinking behind it or, you know, had that even occurred to you where? No, there's, there's definitely, you know, we see such a variety, right? There's some people who are just amazingly 
they've got that destructive mindset, right? And so they found their way into the space and they just know how to sort of crack things apart. There are other people who truly have been in the sort of AppSec ProdSec world forever. And they also, you know, do their, you know, do their, their, their night side hustle in Bug Mountain. Uh, we've got other people who've been in other areas of security, you know, somebody who's been, you know, a, a network security person or a CloudSec engineer who now realizes they can pop into Bug Bounty and, and have a really good experience. Um, other people who've been, uh, you know, professional on the data analytics side and they realize they can they can use some of those techniques when they're analyzing and doing recon to find interesting, interesting bugs. So I'm seeing the, the, the variety and, the, you know, the number of professional professional uh, security professionals who participate in bug bounty um, feels to me like it's gone up while at the same time more and more people are trying are trying their hand at it what I what I wonder about is sort of the ongoing and part of, part of this event also you know if we can mint some new bug bounty researchers out of this you know I I'd love that they would focus on Verizon media as a brand but certainly across the industry too right if we can add them to these different platforms and get them engaged uh, we're now doing you know hacking at a, a more substantial scale and supporting that initial echelon of hackers that we have who can only go so far and pick so many programs. So we need to build that out and keep that growing for Bug Bounty to be successful in the industry and you know a key part of a program. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, I mean, how's the, uh, the- Is there any downside? I'm curious about that. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean about like bug bounty in general or about the structure of this event? No, no, no. I mean, just with, with the, the, well, I don't know. Are you guys doing any, like, is it, are there, is there a, like for us, we, we've had in the past and maybe because it's virtual, you don't have the same sort of thing. But for us, when we did the live events in person, we would be like a few weeks before it actually went live. We started getting everybody prepped and allowed anything that they found within that window would be rewarded during that event. But triage pr prior to, um, you know, because obviously we don't want sit them sitting on any criticals. But what we found also was like an influx of a lot of eh, okay-ish submissions, you know, like not. So I wasn't sure if you were seeing any there were any downsides to any of this for your for you or if it's just you know not a thing because you've because we've talked about it before on the podcast there's all these multiple there's multiple things you can do to like eliminate that between like filters filter you know pre what's it called i forget what it's called it's like a, fil a filter that says like uh oh we've ca caught these keywords in your submission double check that you actually want to submit it things like that you know right, easy right. triage and having like a first level and and all that all that stuff uh yeah i don't know how you guys manage all that yeah well i think you know one of the one of the big elements for for a bug bounty and it sounds like you've dealt with this is the the quality of the output and the report that you provide right and i think it's one of those deals where you're saying hey i would like to exchange my research for you know, some cash or swag. So part of that sort of solemn commitment that we make to each other is, hey, invest the time to write that up properly. And that's one of the big differences where somebody who's been in the security field, they know what it takes to write something up so that you can prove it the right way, that somebody can take it, reproduce it, be able to, you know, fix it in a timely manner. And then, you know, other other uh, researchers who don't invest in their report writing, it adds to the churn, it adds to the amount of time to deal with resolution and could actually impact 
payout. So, you know, that was one thing we talked about in this um, intro to intro to hacking session that we did was, hey, your reports are sort of that gold currency. That is what's going to help you wind your way through the bug bounty system more cleanly. Um, the degree to which we get, you know, poorly written reports or reports where, you know, it's sort of more, a little bit more of the prey and spray kind of concept, then, you know, you got to have all the triage processes in place and that ability to, you know, quickly whittle that down and to, you know, cull the wheat from the chaff. Mm. So how's the scope? I mean, you're, it, I just can't he, he, imagine. He wants, he wants yeah. to tease out what the scope is. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's oh. going to join the event. Yeah. Oh. I know. No, I'm, I'm trying to think because there's so many properties that that come that Verizon Media is responsible for. I mean, I, I'm what I what I meant by that was more like, wow, that has to be quite a bit, quite a bit of work of, for your team. And I assume you have uh, you're using Hacker One's support um, their team as well. I know we did. Yeah, yeah, we're partnering up with them for for live events. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. So yeah, there's, there's, there's no way I'd have to recruit, you know, a, a ton of people internally to help us out, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, opening, opening it up like, like we are. So, you know, I, I'm intrigued and this is, look, this is, this is one of the things that Verizon Media and the Paranoids try to do. We try to, you know, innovate in the space and challenge ourselves and see what we can do. And so, you know, how's this, how's this going to end? I don't know. I'm super excited to see the end of the, of the first round in particular, and just see and just see what we get. And um, you know, are we able to mint some new hackers? Does somebody new show up that completely surprises us? When we had um, somebody show up at um, event in Argentina, didn't really know him at all, and boom, he showed up and he had a, a great event. It turned out to be an amazing hacker um, on the on the platform, you know, in the space. So. Who, who knows what we're going to see? Uh, and, you know, the, the team is definitely working super hard, lining everything up. And, you know, we've got, uh, we, we try to focus on sort of operational processes, repeatability, operational excellence, while we're also trying to push the envelope. And so, you know, there, there are runbooks that we're using, but we've switched to virtual. So every, a bunch of what we were doing before had to be sort of recast as we headed out of the March and April event, and now has to be recast again for the size and scope of what we're doing here so but the teams the team's actively working on it and getting the, the organization fired up for it and everybody's pretty excited yeah it's i mean it's, those are these are always they're they're always a lot of work but they're also a lot of fun and, and like you said it also gives people an opportunity who didn't previously have experience you know to to kind of like put their name out there build their brand you know pursue a career if that's what they choose to do um, so it's, yeah, it's got a lot of positives. Well, I didn't tell you this yet, but, uh, whenever your report comes out, like, I think every year you guys, you all have a report of like how much you paid out, like what kind of just a breakdown of like, you know, your year in bounty basically. And, and we, we always read it like, dang, we're way behind, we're way behind <laughs> them. I mean, we don't have the amount of properties, but yeah, we're always like, ah, oh, so much. You know, we, 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 we tend to look at that as a positive on our end. So uh, it's time to <laughs> level up over there. I know, uh, I know, I know. What, what, are you, what are you guys doing, right? Because yeah. Verizon Media has a lot of engagement on your, your program. And that's always something that, you know, I think anybody watching this would know that. But yeah, we always strive to have participation as much as possible in the bug bounty. That's kind of what you're doing um, as a, not you personally, but as an organization, when you run a bounty, obviously that's like one main goal and so you're constantly trying to figure out ways to like broaden that 
amount of broaden broaden the spectrum of people you know willing to invest their time to to, to look at your your stuff and and events like this certainly help especially that sweet sweet swag i'm stuck on this swag <laughs> it's so Which is cool. why he keeps asking about scope there, yeah. i know and i'm like well like hmm yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah you know it's um it's 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 a it's an amazing thing that we've done on in the in the program and it's been a very specific focal area for us in the last couple of years i think you can operate programs a couple different ways and the industry has pivoted it feels like where is the researcher your adversary or are they a federated paranoid? Are they somebody who, look, is helping me get more secure? I appreciate their efforts in terms of what they're doing for our products and our brands. Or is is my role to argue down to the $10 what they're going to get on the bounty and really, you know, maybe tick them off and have them not show back up to the program again? Um, our focus was about, you know, community interaction embracing the community, respecting the researchers and spending the right time with them to build some, you know, loyalty to the program and loyalty to their time hacking. Because I recognize, you know, um, one, one researcher, uh, Stoke, was talking about bounty fever. And, and, you know, and we did this panel together and he said, you know, I submit my bug and man, I'm driving my wife crazy. Like every hour I'm sitting there, I'm refreshing and, you know, have, have they done anything? Has anything happened yet? And, you know, a program that lets you stagnate after that, like we recognize that there's, there's the excitement on your end and the work that you put in, it could be three months worth of research that led to a bug. Um, if you're, you know, if, if we don't treat you well over the course of, you know, our interactions with you, that's just a major, that's just a major bummer. So, you know, we, we really focused on, on that. And that's one reason why we love the live events and it's been hard on the virtual sphere is to keep building the relationships, right? The ability to, you know, to go out for drinks, to have a meal together, even during live hacking, right? When you hit the buffet and you're like, you know, side by side with, you know, one of your researchers and Hey, how's it going? And Hey, I got a question. And that's, that's where you, you know, you build some great, some great moments and some, uh, ability to have a relationship beyond the live event in the bug bounty sphere. So how do we do that on the virtual side? And we're still trying to, we're still trying to figure that out. So it's, you know, we did, um, we did some office hours, for instance, in the, in the first round. And we just said, Hey, look, you know, normally you'd catch me out and about talking with somebody, grabbing a piece of swag, whatever, even getting a cigarette, whatever the deal is. And you could tap me on the shoulder and say, I have a question. And then boom, we have that moment. How do you recreate that? We were talking about that, you know, before, or I guess on the front side of the show, um, how do you recreate that? So, you know, we're, we're trying to figure that out. We're experimenting. Some things work, some things we leave on the cutting room floor and say, well, we're not going to do that again. So, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can do that here. And then the, the, the tricky thing here is the amount, you know, the number of people that we've engaged. So, um, you know, when we talk about a global live hacking event, um, what kind of, you know, what kind of in engagement can we, can we have? We're going to do the best that we can and hopefully spend a good amount of time with, you know, a whole lot of people over the course of that, that, you know, period of, of hacking, especially in that first round. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that was going to be my next question is like the, you know, aside from the scope and everything else that you're looking at, like what, what is the, what is the platform that you're going for here? Like, how are you interacting with the researchers or what is the plan, especially that first round? I mean, I imagine registrations have got to be in the hundreds, if not the thousands. So how do you, how do you get them into a room and actually have some sort of you know, meaningful interaction with them? Like, what is your plan for that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have a, a series of events going on. We're going to have, uh, you know, uh, different communication vectors. We're going to be 
um, using uh, different social media approaches. But really the question is, you know, let's say, and I'm going to arbitrarily pick numbers because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to release numbers yet or anything like that. But yeah. let's just say we have 500 people who are, who have agreed to do this. Of that 500, first of all, because it's global, how many are even in a geography where they want to get up at three in the morning to attend a community session or office hours or something else, right? So there's some percentage that are just going to not engage with the community stuff and they'll do it asynchronously afterwards via, you know, YouTube videos, that kind of thing. Then there's a subset left. And then of that subset, how many of them are interested in engaging with the community elements of the event beyond, I'm just showing up to hack. I want to put my head down and just, you know, show my technical prowess and, and let's pop some bugs. Then there's a subset of folks who believe that they'll participate in some of the events, right? Not all, let's, let's say uh, not all, right? And they think they're going to participate, but after a couple of days of hacking and being tired, they go, forget it, I'm out. So now you're down to, so I don't, I don't know what those percentages are going to look like. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think this will be something that would be interesting. And I'll go back to the bounty team uh, and talk about, Hey, can we, can we track that? Maybe when we blog after the event and talk about what, you know, what the outcomes were from the event, what was that level of engagement? What was that level of attrition? You know, if we had 500 people registered, do we have three people on one of our community sessions or did we have, you know, 150 or more, and we were maxing out, you know, what, what our plans were and how we could respond to questions. And, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love that situation. I don't know. I'd love to not have challenges of massive volume over, over the course of the event. And I'd yeah. love, uh, but I'd also love to have that challenge and say, wow, it was so big that we needed to go even, even over the top with how we were engaging with the community and shoot, let's do it again. And, and, you know, like I said, I said in another, um, in another session, this might be, this, this is, probably um, the first and the last of this kind that we're going to do like to do a global version of this, you know, we're going, we're going big. It was COVID-19 year. Let's, let's bring some fun and joy to the, to the program and to the community and really challenge ourselves. You know, let's see, let's see what we can do. Uh, pulling this off is pretty substantial. So, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't like, we don't have another one roadmap to global event. I'll certainly yeah. other virtual live hacking events, but I don't know, or this might, this might be amazing. It might be incredible. It goes totally smoothly. We get everything that we need. We can, you know, all the, all the things that we've anticipated, we we're locked in, we're solid and Hey, we can do another one of these again. I have no idea. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And that's part of the excitement. You know, the team every day, we just talk about how, you know, how jacked up and excited we are about this thing and everybody's looking forward to it. And it's going to be a lot of work. I mean, when we were talking, we were envisioning this, we said, you know, this is, this is a, this is a major commitment. I mean, you, uh, you, you guys know what the effort is just to put one of these on much yeah. less three back to back to back. So we're going to leave each, each event and have to jam and get the list ready and get the next one going. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a, a, a monstrous period. So um, that is phenomenal, but the team is totally excited. You know, Hacker One is a partner. They've been, you know, all in committed to, to doing this, you know, with us totally loved the idea and they were, you know, been supportive uh, along the way. So I think it's, um, you know, it's got some, it's got some good upside. There's downside. We're trying to manage to it, but um, I guarantee you something happens in the middle of it that we, we didn't plan for and, you know, we'll just adapt. 
Well, you know, it is 2020, so. <laughs> That's exactly it. All bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it ends up being crickets. Maybe nobody yeah. nobody hacks, right? Just, you know, we can't no, even. No one can find anything, and, and you get like a, yeah. Well, that Platform was. Platform headers. Yeah. <laughs> that was honestly the conversation, right? We said, you know, we're being maybe a little cocky saying we'll be top, we'll have a top 50 list. What if 17 bugs show up? Shoot. Yeah. Okay. It's the top 17 then, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's not going to happen, but you know, who knows, who knows? So we're, uh, we are, we're really, really excited. Appreciate you uh, letting us uh, chat a little bit about, about what's coming. Um, and uh, yeah, and to get a chance to, you know, I think uh, Ken, you attached the, the uh, link to the blog site. And so that's got the shot of the rings and the concept of the event. And then there's some of the backstory as well of how we, you know, what led to the event in the first place. And it, it get a little bit more detail about that, uh, meet up yeah. outside on February on the San Francisco streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the um, I have the article right here to post. I think this is the this should be the backstory link um, yep. about what you know how it came about your process your thinking. Um, so yeah, that's if yeah, I would highly recommend people check out both of those links. Um, I read it last night. Um, just you know, trying to trying to see what what y'all are going for. I mean, again, what kind of I, I do watch what Verizon Media does since we're both going through Hacker One and you know both have the the bounty program. So it's always interesting to see, to see how y'all are tackling those challenges. That's why I asked so many questions there about like the internal workings. <laughs> it's because I'm just curious how y'all. So like when we, um, <clears throat> when I mentioned earlier, for instance, the, uh, the having the, the couple weeks or a few weeks, whatever it is before the event um, that came because the first year we didn't, we, we le learned a lesson from that because the first year that we did the live, uh, did a live event, we didn't have that. And then like all of us were in technically in Vegas but we were all in this like war room and we never had any opportunity to really leave it. Yes. So it's because we were, because all the submissions dropped that night. Right. Whereas if you have a few weeks, you can, you can triage, you can, uh, you know, disseminate, you can collate, you can do all the lates and uh, you know, or eights or whatever. And um, <laughs> you know, you have more time to kind of, and then, you know, you triage or sorry, you pay out rather that night versus the triage that night also. And it makes it less stressful. So you can actually go and mingle. That was one of the things we had learned from the first event. But uh, I feel like every time you do these events, you, you like, you're always learning. You're always learning. I don't know if that's true for you, but that's definitely been true for us. We're always figuring out new things. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and then as we as we roll out new tweaks to the format, then we learn what was good about that. What were the unintended consequences of that? And then there's something else to learn. Yeah, we do. You know, we do our best to to prepare properly, and that's the same thing. I feel like um, I feel like the experience, you know, and especially when it used to be in person versus virtual. But somebody's going to take time out of their life, jump on a plane, possibly you know halfway around the world, pop in somewhere, you know, be jet lagged, spend some time. Uh, for cover the course of a couple of days with your company, with your scope, uh, let's let's make sure that we're dialed in, you know. And and I, and I'll tell you. So so we have what we're doing now. And again, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I hope it's going to be great. We're going to probably fall down a couple spots and is what it is. But you know, along the way, we've built this 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 uh, almost like a kit on how we 
can deliver the events within Verizon Media. We know all the different pieces and parts, and then we just tweak other other pieces. That has been a long process. So we've done, I can't remember the exact number now, maybe 12 or so events. Um, this, I don't know what number this is. I should know that actually. Um, but the very first event, very a lot first, of them. I know, right? The first event that we did, um, I remember you know, we almost didn't get into virtual live hacking events. I, I mean, we were this close. I was just talking to one of the H1 guys uh, about this. And we we participated in an event in India and they weren't giving given a lot of, uh, they were given a recon lead time, but they didn't do any recon. I think there was a misunderstanding about how the event would go. So they were doing, the, they started their recon at the start of the event and basically got to the end of the event and they'd finished recon and the event was over. So there were almost no submissions. And so I remember saying, this is not a very valuable thing for me to spend my time on. By the way, it was in India, so there's the time difference. So I had people up at, you know, two in the morning to, you know, engage on certain things. And and so, you know, we're really thinking about not doing it. And then we were talking about what it would be like for, for the H1 4-15-2018. So that was the, the one aside in 2018 associated with B-Sides and RSA in San Fran. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. And I, you know, in fact, um, Jana, who I was working with at the time when we were talking and I said, okay, yep. After all serious deliberations, I agreed to do it. She said, oh, I, I was positive you weren't going to do it. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and, and, and I kept saying, I'm not sure. I don't know what the value is. I don't know if this is worth the time. And, you know, I got other things going on. Is this, you know, and anyway, long story short, what we ended up doing was every, every event for us has a specific objective and it's an objective about testing hypotheses about the program and as well as about understanding um, the, the posture of our products so for that objective we were just formed oath which was the smooshing together of yahoo aol and different properties for verizon digital media services like edgecast on uh, uplink on queue volleycon all that stuff anyway we smooshed all that together and we called it oath and we were saying we we're talking about a slow roll for how to get bug bounty incorporated because we had different platforms different programs different states of maturity what how would we create an oath bug bounty program and oath is the precursor to verizon media now um, so we said, you know what, let's do this. The hypothesis for H1415-2018, that, that first event after the other one, will be for one day, we will open this up as a public program. Everything. Let's just, let's just see what we see, right? Um, and this is kudos to our, our former CISO, Chris Nims. He was very, um, he was very sort of, uh, you know, aggressive in his strategy there. And so he was always kind of pushing us pretty hard in which, and that kind of formed the pedigree for the program. It's a little bit of his legacy for us. But so we did that. And that was very different than the experience we had with the India live hacking event. And that set the tone for, wow, we can get a tremendous amount of value. And to, and to be fair to, um, you know, to the Indian community, I'm going to be presenting at um, uh, CoCon pretty soon, but on Bug Bounty. But back then you know the the industry has changed so much in 2 years in terms of bug bounty so we're getting researchers now from all over the globe who just kind of show up and we go wow where did you come from and you know there there are all different geographies all different experience sets um, you know, and so I'm really curious to see as a as a hacking community, how have things evolved, um, you know, across those geographies? How are they in Taiwan, in Dublin, in India, in England, you know, all over? There's different different philosophies, different concepts, different different commitments to bug bounty. So I'm sort of excited to see what's the what's the perceptions 
from you know the Indian geography two years after that first you know test of what would it be like if we did a live hacking event. Um, so that's just super fun. Hey, is this the? Uh, I want to. Uh, is that the um, conference? The one I just put into the chat. Let me take a look. C zero C zero N. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, nice. Just wanted to make sure that was the right conference because you know I don't want to yeah. send links to a conference you're not speaking at. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. No, there's a good there's a good uh, slate of speakers there, and I'm uh, I was pretty honored to, to be asked to speak at. Uh, they have a. Um, you know, uh, a bug bounty area. Uh, so we're going to spend some time talking very specifically about, about bug bounty. So it should be, uh, should be pretty awesome. 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 You know what I'm, you know what I'm sad about is that I'm not going to be able to physically run into you at Bush Gardens this year. I wasn't able to <laughs> like last time. That was, that was so, so random, man. That was so, so random. random. And, and I remember, I, and you looked at me, I mean, obviously, you know, out of context, when somebody sees you, you know, it's, it's, you need that moment to kind of flip through and, you know, connect the face and the name and then say something. So, you know, and, and I just, I saw you in an instant. I was like, Ken, <laughs> you just turned I, was so, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, if anybody comes to Virginia, you should always go to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. It's awesome. And well, when this whole mess is over with eventually, and they, hopefully. And they have that awesome, you know, that whole setup for Halloween. Uh, it's just, oh man, there's so many. Yeah. In fact, you're thinking about like, what is, what is Halloween like this year? And obviously that's sort of, you know, first world problems, but you know, what, yeah. what are you going to tell the kids and, you know, you're going to trick or treat and we'll, we'll put something in, you know, something in the bathroom, something in the kitchen. You have to change costumes for everyone. Oh, that'd be fun. We were talking about making like a big shoot from the, you know, second story and then, you know, have the kids put their, put their bags down there. <laughs> Candy comes down to yeah. make it fun, you know, knock a two year old off their legs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Start. Yeah. You're gonna pull out the potato gun next, and just put candy in it, right? That's <laughs> oh, there you go. But yeah. again, how about you on the uh, on the bug bounty program? Anything uh, anything interesting happening in your uh, your neck of the woods these days? Uh, I've been off the rotation with bug bounty for a couple months. Uh, actually, it's time for me to or a month or I don't know. So it's probably actually time for me to go back on the rotation. But uh, no, nothing uh, nothing huge or major to report. I mean, we. You know, we've expanded our scope from just .com and and GitHub Enterprise over the last couple of years. And um, just because the company, you know, the acquisition with Microsoft, we have more things out there. Our scope's much broader. Um, so, yeah, we're dealing with a little bit of the just the, the the growth of our organization and then trying to keep up with that on the AppSec side with an expanded scope. So the bounty is um, very much active, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 been um, it's been interesting. I'll say that not bad in in any way, but it's just been like interesting because we've seen this uptick during COVID where people are at their computers seemingly more than ever, and that has uh, just really inundated us for 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 a bit. I mean, even myself last week, I found myself like working late just because I just kind of. I think you guys were talking about in the beginning, like, honestly, I just it, lose track of time and just, you know, yeah. end up, it, I, I mean, one night I like, uh, it was, it was getting to be like seven 30 at night and I kind of just lost track of time. I was still just working and just, I was like, Whoa, what am I doing? Like, that's, yeah. you know, get a little balance, man. But you know, <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah, for sure. Happens. So, well, I, I mean, one of my questions to both of you guys, right. Cause I help. there's a couple of smaller companies that, you know, I end up helping, triage bug bounty stuff as it comes in for them. And 
they're private programs, but I mean, we're talking nowhere like, you know, I mean, if they're 1% the size of either of your organizations, I'd be surprised, right? Like that's, right. it's just a small org. They've got a small program and you, you talk about uh, researcher engagement and trying to make it palatable um, for people to actually submit bugs. But most of what I get, and then, I mean, this is probably indicative of, you know, most bug bounty programs, but most of what I get is realistically kind of that low hanging fruit where you can tell that they went through and, oh, I did subdomain takeovers for this org. Now I'm going to do it for this org. Now I'm going to do it for this org. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But there's this whole complex like application that they want, you know, that that's really the reason that the, the company wants you in there looking at it. But I have a hard time figuring out who those researchers are that would actually dig into it and then making it. Yeah. I, I mean, making it attractive enough that they come in and they actually do the, the hard work rather than just, Oh, I'm just trying to get, you know, my whatever small payout for the stuff that I do for every organization. I mean, have you found that there's many custom, I mean, I know you guys have those, like that, that those top researchers are involved in your programs, right. And they dive in and they do, you know, you know, hours and hours of work, but I have yet to run into that in some of these smaller programs. Yeah, I think can. all the smaller programs can do is incentivize, like, yeah. from my perspective, and I don't know what Sean's is, there's only a few things that you can do there. One is you need to make sure that you can be responsive. Like, you need to be responsive. Like, yeah, just you, you honestly have to make up for the lack of attractiveness in other areas from, like, maybe a uh, the, the amount of properties that you, that they, you have to go after by other means. So good payouts, like really good payouts, like maybe even more competitive than, than others. You need to have a, uh, like be really responsive, really promote, you need to market it. I mean, there's, it, there's extra work that you have to do when you're not, you know, a set of properties that is really interesting or, you know, is so wide that you're likely to find bones. I think that's something that bound the bounty researchers factor in. So you absolutely have to do that. But to, to be more responsive, that means you have to do a lot of things internally. And we've talked about it many times where it's it's a lot of just optimization through things like chat ops, through like filtering, being very explicit in your scope about what's in scope and what is specifically out of scope. And then also just like the, the filters that I was talking about earlier, where you can have certain keywords that trigger a warning saying like, I'm not sure if you really want to submit this because remember, you know, this type of stuff is out of scope per this. And then if you want to proceed because, you know, it is in scope and this is a, this warning was incorrect, submit on through. So if you can do some optimizations internally to speed up your responses and your payouts and your triage, triage time plus marketing, I think that'll go a long way, but you do have an uphill battle if you're a small, smaller set of properties and a less well-known company. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there there's one element and and that goes hand in hand with that marketing. It's sort of this notion of a a targeted campaign. So how do you spend your money? Um, and maybe what a company like that would do is they would say, "I am really th these are the kinds of vulnerabilities I'm really really interested in." Right. So it's not the subdomain takeovers. It's you know something beefier. And so I'm going to actually throw a chunk of my bug bounty budget at this three-week campaign and I've yeah. got a private program and I'm going to say, I'm looking for these kinds of vulns and I want to pick the researchers who know how to find those kinds of vulns on my kind of tech and 
let's go ahead and make it worth their while with a nice, you know, bucket of cash, either different payout or some bonus challenges, right? Hey, if you can not just find this bug, but then do this with that bug, we'll get you a bonus, right? Make it kind of exciting. It almost becomes like these, uh, a mini event. That's yeah. that maybe a smaller company could attract, um, you know, some, some really well-aligned, strong talent to find valuable bugs. Yeah. yeah and, and if I'm in their shoes, I'm really, I don't want hacker one to be my first level of triage. I want someone who cares about, I want an employee or, you know, a, a contractor, a trusted contractor to be doing first level triage on these things. I do not, no offense to hacker one, but that's not who I really want doing. It. I want somebody who is invested in me, who's the most invested in, in me as an organization. I'm saying obviously not yeah. me, as a person, me as an organization, um, because they're going to care more. That's what I'm looking for. I want someone who wants who, who who cares more, who wants to have that conversation with the researchers, who wants to, you know, provide a response that's like, look, maybe that's not in scope, or maybe this doesn't make sense. But here, could you, you know, or hey, like you found this thing, and I think it might, you know, maybe you should pursue. Can you pursue finding this on other points of the end uh, of like the application? Like, are there other parts of the application that might be vulnerable to this? We're going to look on our side. Do you want, you know, just somebody who really cares and like, isn't just like trying to ju just get it done and pay it out and just move on. Like somebody who really yeah. cares about the, the overall process and communication. It cares about and cares about the relationship, right? Hey, they're representing right. the security function. They're representing the company as they interface with this person, other side of the screen. You have no idea who they are treat them with respect, give them some tips. Like if you can tell it's somebody who was really well-intentioned, but they didn't craft the report correctly, or they're, they're not quite in the right place. Like you said, Hey, have that, have that dialogue back and forth. And you called it a conversation, which is awesome. It's not just this, I'm going to dump my feedback in the ticket. Now get out of here. It's mm -hmm. let's really, let's really engage um, and represent each other. Well, yeah. Yeah. And we yeah, had like, and, and this is what I'm running into though. It like, cause it's the organizations that, like they want to take security seriously, right? So they've already engaged, they've done, you know, your traditional, you know, security assessments, they've done code reviews and they're like, hey, I'm, you know, we're gonna invest in bug bounty. So we're gonna go work with HackerOne or, you know, Synac or whoever and, and build this bug bounty program in. But the value that they get out of it or they see it coming out of it just doesn't align with some of the other efforts that they have, right? And so part of, me getting involved in this has been okay. Like they want, they want someone with knowledge of the AppSec side of things to be responsive and to interact with the researchers. So their their hearts in the right place. But again, that's the struggle that I've had with those is that the the level of researcher activity isn't necessarily up to par with what they're looking for, right? Yeah. And you know, we keep widening. You know, we invite more and more people into it. Um, but, but up to this point, right, like I, I look at the vulns that have come in on some of these programs and I'm like, yeah, you're right. That was an issue, right? But uh, it doesn't, it, it didn't rise to the level of, hey, there was a custom attack against their application. It was very much a, you know, a rope bug that, you know, any, you know, most of the, I mean, you go through Jason Haddock's, you know, bug bounty researcher methodology. It, it, it's, it's one of those steps in there, right? That That's basically the level that I've seen at this point. Which I think he's actually revamping, by the way. I think he's working on like a V, whatever V uh, version is on. Yeah. 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 But I think he's rewriting the whole thing like 
I saw a thing on Twitter about it. So I'm like anticipate he might've already released it. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he just started a couple of weeks ago. So like, I'm, I'm excited to, well, he did. I mean, he presented it. He presented it at DEF CON at like the red team village or AppSec village. One of the two, right? Like he presented his current version. Right. Um, and it's a great, and it's not, not to knock on Jason and that, that methodology, cause it's great and it's needed. Um, but like, I, I know this conversation is going to come up with these organizations about, okay, is bug bounty work worth it for them? And I want it to be because I want that ability to be there for the researchers and others. Cause it is, it feels like a more inclusive platform. Um, but I've got to figure out some way to engage the other, you know, the other elements that they're really looking for. That's what that's the reason I'm asking. Are you ready is a good question. Cause you do need to be ready for it. And, if you've not taken care of a lot of internal and sort of like, you know, basic security hygiene, you're not ready for it. Oh yeah. All. You know, yeah. if you're a one person security shop, you're not ready for it. You're just not. Yeah. One person security shop is not the right person for a bug bounty. You know, yeah. you need a team. So yeah, and there's sort of, there's the precursor work. And then one of the key things I always look out for in a bug bounty program, as people ask me, how do they start them up? And I say, have you documented your objectives? Like, what do you want to get out of a bug bounty program? Do you want a checkbox to say that you have it? So when an auditor shows up, it's one thing that you have um, and you hope nobody ever submits to it. Is it, um, you know, you just want something out there and, you know, you'll see you put one person on it and that's it. Or is it, does it, does it achieve a certain objective? Is it going to identify, um, you know, issues that you have in your, in your products that you never could have thought to test with the size of your team? Or is it, you know, you are going to, you know, engage with an interesting set of research and try to try to incorporate that research into the way you do business from a security standpoint. You know, at, at Verizon Media, we have something we call the BBLC is a bug bounty life cycle. And it's this concept that even after the bug comes in and we, you know, and, and you address it either surgically just to close the bug or you look back and say, where else could this exist? You then even pull back further and say, do we have something that we want to change across the, the ecosystem and the enterprise? Let's spin up a BBLC project that will actually materially change the organization. And I talked to some researchers about it and I say, look, this is, you're now influencing an entire enterprise. Right? So not only do you get the payout of the bug, but an enterprise is actually spinning up an initiative because of the insight that you provided. That's really cool for you, but that's amazing for me because what that does, that drives the, the, the net cost per bug actually down because I can derive more value into my program, you know, taking the, the researcher TTPs and updating tools or processes or, you know, the tech or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, that is pretty cool. So, but that's, that's aligns with an objective that we have. So what is, what are you trying to accomplish? Then does bug bounty solve what you're trying to accomplish? You might say, yeah. by the time you des describe your objectives, you go, uh, that's not how I would do it. I would just, I should just hire, right? Uh, uh, somebody with that skill set, and they won't be available for seven months, but that's okay. In seven months, they'll come in and they will provide so much great insight. That'll be awesome. Or do I really want to bring this community to bear on my scope? And what do I, you know, what do I think I'm going to get from it? So I think that articulation of objectives is, is, is really key to derive success in bug bounty. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is, this has actually been great because I have like some ideas now as far as, because I do see them stall out, right? I see, I basically see the program stall out and I, you know, just adding researchers hasn't necessarily brought the same level of quality that I, I know and I've seen in bug bounty reports in the past. Right. Um, so, I mean, this is helpful for me and I'll have a discussion with the team on that other side. So appreciate it. So yeah. Anyway. 
<laughs> figure well, I may as well pick, pick your brains while you're, you're you're beholden to me in the you know whatever we're doing here. So yeah, that's what this is about, my man. Yeah, but I mean, Sean, we've been going for an hour. I don't want to you know monopolize your time. It feels like we could just keep going and going for sure. So, um, is there anything else that you want to? mention or bring up like you know you're going to be at cocon 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 however you say that right <laughs> concon <sighs> speaking there virtually you're doing the live hacking event is there anything else that you would like to to talk about before we wrap up today's episode uh no you know i know i'm going to be um i'm going to be at security at with hacker one talking about bblc in way more depth so um, that could be fun, but we're still uh, finalizing some some pieces of that. I think uh, no, the big thing you know last last time I was here, you know, we're talking about uh, interns and you yeah. know driving driving talent into the program. I'm actually sort of surprised because I thought with uh, some of the changes that happened in security functions around you know around the U.S. and the globe that there'd be more you know more folks uh, in the in the talent pool lately I haven't seen that as much it's still been pretty tight um, but we did uh, you know engage with some uh, some interns have some good experiences and trying to pivot you know interns into into hires and get that get that going within uh, both within Prozec but definitely within uh, paranoids and that's been that's been I think pretty pretty positive shout out to Sean Thomas who does a great job with you know interns and the paranoids um, but you know for me it's just about my, the big thing that's been on on my mind lately is automation and federation of of the team and what we do, right? And so just yeah. continue to pivot at the kind of scale that we have. So it's probably an entire topic for an, another another time. But we're you know we're we're working on that and constantly thinking about that, and we have some initiatives underway that we're excited about. So you know it's fun ever ever onward. I mean the the no day is the same within product security and the security space. Yeah. And so it's always interesting. And I just think it's awesome. So anybody who's thinking about, you know, getting into the space and honestly, if you're a software developer and you got a little bit of a destructive mindset uh, and you're a little bored, come come on over to the to the dark side and join us in the, you know, AppSec, ProdSec world. It's it's good stuff. So <laughs> would love to would love to have you anywhere with Seth's yes. team, with Ken's team, my team, wherever. Just stop yeah. developing and come join us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop developing. Stop you know. it. Stop Come it. help us doing it. Wait, wait. I mean, uh, <laughs> help us build our programs and yeah, secure the world. There you go. That's it. Oh, and I do. Of course, I gotta. You know, I gotta push for. There's a site, theparanoids.com, has our current openings, and there's a, a, a prodsec engineer I'm trying to fill. So, uh, if you're watching this and and you know are intrigued, please reach out. <laughs> Shameless <Sweet>. plugging. <laughs> I love it. I nope, that's it. good. That's good. That's 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 why you come on, you know. And definitely, right? Like, you know, we can recommend uh, if anybody has questions. I mean, people can find Sean on Twitter, kind of. I guess is that you know. You know. Let's say, well, yeah. I was I was telling Ken, you know, you, you Twitter shame me last time, so no, I had an account. I had used it for a while. I, I'm I'm pretty vested over in LinkedIn, so I have way more of a presence in LinkedIn. But I'm definitely jumping into Twitter. Been trying to engage more, and so it's been it's been uh, it's been fun and very and you know very different. It's interesting how different the content is, even with all the um, you know cybersecurity folks who are in both platforms. It's very different, you know, folks playing in Twitter and what they're sharing compared to LinkedIn. So um, that's been fun. Hey, there it is. See, there you go. We're going to promote you. We're, we're, we're going to bring you over to the dark, dark side that is Twitter. There you go. That is the dumpster fire that is Twitter, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> infosec twitter at times can get very drama heavy anyway yeah um but it, it is a great resource um so if you've got questions for sean feel free to reach out i'm um, obviously right we're always on slack or whatever else and you know um if you can't find him hit up me or ken and i'm sure we can track him down in some way or another um since you know we do have that back channel um yeah but we appreciate all of the all that you do the you know coming on the show again and we'll want to follow up definitely after the life hacking event because i think it would be it would be interesting to actually dig into the scope and everything else that happened and how things went just do a debrief if you're interested in it that is absolutely right? absolutely yeah i'd love to maybe even bring uh one or two of the other team members and we can talk about you know some stories in the trenches you don't have to listen to my talking head the whole time but yeah, um, yeah that'd, be, that'd be awesome uh i really yeah, love it'd to be fun it. to get Mark or Chris on or whoever, yeah. right? Like on your, on your exactly. side, I'd, I'd love to have those guys on. That'd be fun. So. Yeah. And we're going to have, I mean, we are going to have some serious learnings coming out of this thing. So definitely I won't be, uh, you know, there'll be some behind the, behind the scenes, you know, in the trenches kind of stories that we can share. Cool. Sweet. Thank you so much for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Always good yeah. chatting. Thank you for your time. Ken, anything else before we close out today? Just thank you to everybody who uh, has been watching. Yeah. All right. Thanks, okay. everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.